All right, podcast family, listen to these crazy numbers. According to a recent U.S. statistics report from both Consumer Reports and Statistica.org, 26% of Americans used CBD in 2022, just last year. 24% of people owning pets have used CBD for their animals as well as themselves. I had no idea. 33%, that's a third of all Americans, have used CBD products at least once in their lifetime, and 64% of Americans have used CBD for pain. And it keeps going. 49% of Americans have used it for anxiety and stress, and 42% of Americans have used it for sleep and insomnia. Those are huge numbers. CBD is super common, and it's also super unregulated. CBD, or cannabidiol, is one of the numerous cannabinoids that's found in the cannabis plant. After THC, CBD is the second most active substance found in the plant. THC, of course, is the compound that produces the euphoria that users feel when smoking it or when used through various methods. CBD differs in that it doesn't produce a high, is non-psychoactive, and, like THC, isn't physically addictive. Although CBD has shown promise in migraine care, chronic pelvic pain, fibromyalgia, and cancer-associated pain, it is not completely benign. CBD contains several terpenes that are oil-based and when used daily can cause some disturbances in the body's function and even the immune system. Other things like lethargy or sedation and increases in liver enzymes have been reported with daily and regular use. Things like malaise, weakness, heavy fatigue, even diarrhea and skin rashes have also been reported. Nonetheless, as CBD is viewed as natural, many pregnant women look to this as an alternative medication for typical pregnancy aches and pains. Well, is this safe? We know that THC is problematic, but what about CBD? We have learned much more about CBD in pregnancy since the ACOG's Committee Opinion 722, which was first released in 2017 and then reaffirmed in 2021. And even the term has changed. In this episode, we're going to review the data on CBD use in pregnancy from 2018 since the last ACOG Committee Opinion onward and let you know why one word in particular is no longer being used. Ready? Let's get to CBD and pregnancy right now. Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm Ruth. I'm Zoraida. And we're the Chapa's Angels. And this is Clinical Pearls. Well, first thing off the bat, I have to tell you, of course, is if the audio is off yet again, I have changed locations. I'm on the move. I'm trying to wrap things up on a Friday. Today is uh, June the 30th. So I had to move to a different location, all to save the audio is a little bit off because I'm in an office that is not soundproofed for the podcast. But hey, I've done this in the hospital. I've done this in hallways. uh, So this is going to work. All right. So remember, we're talking about CBD 
oil or CBD products in pregnancy, all right? And we're going to walk through this history, this little mini timeline from ACOG's last committee opinion, which is around 2017, up until recent, because uh, new data came out from SMFM at the pregnancy meeting earlier this year in 2023. But before I get into that, I want to start with something that I, even as a uh, somebody of Latino descent, never really thought about. And I think it's kind of interesting. All right. So follow me here. Now, I've learned a lot about this uh, over the last few years that we've as we've had multiple medical student lectures on it, as, of course, the whole legalization of THC and cannabis is in the news. And we've also had multiple resident teaching sessions and, of course, multiple conversations with patients. Okay. Uh, and one thing that I've come to understand and to know is that there's a term that is used often in lay press and even in the medical literature that probably uh, should not be used, all right? So get ready for a, wow, I never knew that moment. At least it was for me. And that word is the common word marijuana, right? Marijuana. I mean, so you're thinking, well, what's the big deal with that? I mean, we say that all the time. We know what marijuana is. It's not a big deal. After all, the title of ACOG's committee opinion 722 is, quote, marijuana use in pregnancy and lactation, end quote. Is that crazy or what? I mean, it's, it's a common word. All right. And also, by the way, in the April 2018 clinical expert series from the SMFM, their do and don'ts uh, publication, there's a section on there on, quote, marijuana, end quote. So what's the big deal, right? Well, here's what I've come to learn and why people are going away from that term, because history is, is, is kind of a little a jank, all right? <laughs> so marijuana is actually not a medical term. Surprise, all right? The correct term is cannabis. Cannabis refers to all products derived from the plant cannabis sativa. And cannabis, of course, is the plant from the Cannabisaceae family, and it contains more than eight biologically active chemical compounds. All right. So we get that. Uh, it should be called cannabis sativa uh, and not really marijuana. And I'm going to explain why in a minute. Now, of course, the two main cannabinoids in the plant are tetrahydrocannabinol, which is THC, and cannabidiol, or CBD. Now, remember we said in the intro that people think, well, I know THC is pretty whack. We're not going to do that because that's a drug. But CBD, because it's non-psychogenic, is more natural. It's got a lot of benefit for aches and pains, so that should be okay. All right? So we're going to explore this in a minute. And remember, I've actually done a podcast in this back in 2018 where we talked about this, and my title was actually Marijuana Use in Pregnancy. But, but I'm going to show you why that, that actually does need to change, all right? All right, podcast family, this is not prompted or scripted, but I did have one of our great PAs who's been on the podcast before. Anyway, fantastic. This is Brittany. Hello. I've got a quick question, Brittany. You've heard of the term marijuana, right? I have. I mean, everybody has. What, what do you think about the term marijuana? Is that a medical term? No. Oh, boy, the hesitation and the pause is something I'll have to edit out later. <laughs> no, so, I mean, what do you think about marijuana? I mean, ACOG has a bulletin called Marijuana Use in Pregnancy. Yeah, I 
guess they do. That's true. All right, so shocker, here's the crazy stuff that I'm going to get into as we talk about CBD and pregnancy because I had to learn this, okay? So oddly enough, people are getting away from that. Now I'm going to get into where the, why this term actually came up, and it's actually not a medical word, but it's been so ingrained in medical literature. We should be saying cannabis or cannabidiol, right, or THC. Those are the true forms. But podcast family, let me just tell you this right, right away before we start. I do not wake up in the morning. Brittany, and you know, looking for things that would otherwise offend me. That's not me, right? Right, that's true. I mean, if you hang out with me a little bit, trust me, I'm all likely, I will likely offend you in something. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying, look, I, I think life is too short to be walking through life offended by anything. But the history of the word marijuana is actually a little jank. So I'm going to go over this, all right? Is that good, Brittany? Yeah, I need to know. All right, now she's going back to her office. But I, I just wanted to get her take about that because super interesting. Here we go. As I've just mentioned, I am not the person to wake up every morning and look for things to be offended about. Actually, the whole I'm offended movement actually kind of offends me. I think we need to be tougher skinned because life is hard and you can't please everybody all the time. Fine. Having said that, let's get through some of the brief, very brief history about the word marijuana. Throughout the 19th century, news reports and medical journal articles almost universally used the plant's formal name in its reporting and publications. They used the term cannabis or cannabis sativa. Numerous reports from historians and sociologists say that the word marijuana came into popular usage in the U.S. in the early 20th century because anti-cannabis factions wanted to underscore the drug's association with Mexicans. Whoa, hold on, which by the way is really weird because the thing isn't even native to Mexico. Yes, it can be found in Mexico now, but the majority of the history states that it was likely brought into Mexico from Spain or other parts of the world. Nonetheless, the original term and the incorporation of the term marijuana can be dated back really to around the 1930s, and it was meant to play off the very popular anti-immigrant sentiment, specifically the anti-Mexican immigrant sentiment at the time. In 1937, U.S. Narcotics Commissioner Harry Aslinger testified before Congress and in the hearings that would later become the, the, the impetus to give the federal restrictions on cannabis, uh, its popular usage of the word marijuana. So it's his term and his address to Congress uh, that made marijuana, that term, enter into the vernacular of common press, all right? So here's what he said, and you can actually find this transcript online in the archives. He said that this dangerous weed, see that, guys? That's where the term weed, that's where you can date that back to the early 1930s, mid-1930s, because of this U.S. Narcotics Commissioner, Harry Anzingler's use of the word uh, marijuana in his address to Congress, where he said that this weed was being brought over from Mexico, and it was basically a scourge to American youth. And so that's where the word marijuana was basically brought in uh, as a slight to Mexican immigrants, to which I say as somebody of Latino descent, oh man, no manches. All right, now some of you are going to have to go up and look up what no manches means. Basically, don't worry about it, guys. It's not cursing. It's nothing bad. <laughs> no manches is like, hey, you're, you're pulling my legs. Stop messing around. All right, fine. There's your little freebie of Mexican culture-ness 
uh, in our podcast. Actually, the whole history of the word marijuana is super interesting and super obscure because the etymology of the word is is not really clear at all. And sociologists have looked at this. Anthropologists have looked at this. Historians have looked at this. Some say it's an Aztec root word. Others say it's Mayan. Others say, no, it, those are both wrong. It's Spanish descent. Uh, and actually, some say it's derived from a Chinese uh, root word that then got translated into Spanish, uh, marijuana. So nobody knows. I mean, go figure. All to say is that the word marijuana that's so frequently applied to a plant type uh, actually really isn't correct. Just call it cannabis sativa, which is the official scientific word uh, for the plant. All right, fine. Now that we've covered all that, let's get back to the data. Oh, and yes, by the way, ACOG is currently in the process of updating that committee opinion 722 whose title was Marijuana Use in Pregnancy and Lactation. It's being redone not only to update the data, but obviously to remove that title and replace it with a more appropriate term. Well, and now we're actually back. I'm back uh, in our little podcast space. Uh, I don't know why I actually felt like this big desire to have to do that little section before when I was in the office. I don't know. I just wanted to knock it down. I had a little lull in between patients, and my ADD prevents me from just sitting down and doing nothing. Plus, Brittany was there, and I wanted to get her take on it. Um, But now that I'm back in, and now I'm back with the group, uh, somebody actually did tell me something super interesting, and I forgot. So... The parent plant, right, is cannabis sativa. I get that. I'm not going to get into all the different types and the hybrids and all this because somebody, uh, as I was, we were talking about doing this, uh, you know, coming back on for the uh, for the taping, they said, hey, you didn't mention cannabis um, uh, indica, the other form, the other species of the plant. I'm not doing all that. <laughs> Look, uh, remember that the, the title here is cannabis and CBD in pregnancy. The focus is on CBD, all right? So yes, cannabis sativa is the parent plant. There's others that that vary on their amount of THC and CBD, uh, like cannabis indica, which is more of a CBD type of plant versus THC. All to say, that's why you should get away from all that and just call it cannabis, because it's cannabidiols that's the issue here, right? It's cannabinoids. And they vary in degree based on the plant species, but we're doing this as a general uh, overreach. It was a big topic. Is is CBD cannabidiol? Is that safe in pregnancy? Now I'm going to give you the data, but let me just beat it to the punch here because we're not going through each different species. The answer is no. All right. So there's no type of of cannabinoids, which is either THC or the non psycho uh, psychogenic, the more relaxing uh, component, which is CBD. There's no safe amount or medical indication for either of those in pregnancy. All right. So regardless of what you've heard or read, it is not approved for nausea in pregnancy. It's not approved for backaches in pregnancy. There is no cannabis product that has a medical indication in pregnancy, and that includes THC varieties or CBD-rich varieties, all right? So whether you are a cannabis sativa person or a cannabis indica, whatever, it's <laughs> the point is that cannabinoids in pregnancy affect the endocannabinoid system in the fetal brain, and that's linked to issues, all right? So I've already said that as I've opened the doors to the data. Now let's get into this. 
cannabis and cannabinoids are harmful to the developing brain because they disrupt the developing endocannabinoid system. That plays a critical role in shaping brain development from the time of conception all the way until adulthood. This includes neural circuits involved in learning, memory retention, decision-making, and emotional regulation. While much of this research has focused on cannabis as a whole, there is other research that comes to similar conclusions for both THC-rich plants and CBD-rich plants in their respective forms, all right? So that's why when you look at this data, you got to look at what, what are the authors studying? Is this all just cannabis in general, or is it just CBD? And you'll see this as we go through these uh, big earmark studies here starting in 2019 and ending in 2023. Uh, You'll see how some of them study either both of them together or just CBD specifically. A 2019 study published out of the Journal of Cellular, Molecular, and Life Sciences, man, that's a big title, suggested that fetal exposure to cannabinoids could affect the fetal immune system development and possibly weaken the body's ability to defend against cancer and infections. This was a scientific review of the mechanism of action of both THC and CBD in fetal development. Now, this is not a clinical trial. Again, this is looking at published data that has shown how these metabolites, both THC and CBD, work in a developing embryo and fetus. The study authors noted that cannabinoids work mainly by binding to CB1 and CB2 receptors in the body, and that leads to this altered biological functioning and programming. As the authors state, quote, In addition to significant neurological effects, cannabinoids can trigger robust immunomodulation by altering cytokine levels, causing apoptosis of lymphoid cells and inducing suppressor cells of the immune system. They go on to say, Profound effects of cannabinoids on the immune system, as discussed in this review, suggest that maternal exposure during pregnancy could lead to dysregulation of innate and adaptive immune systems of the fetus. And lastly, they state, quote, emerging evidence also indicates the underlying role of epigenetic mechanisms causing long-lasting impact following cannabinoid exposure in utero, end quote. Okay, at the risk of oversharing, I'm going to say something, okay? Because in the articles that we're going to give here, there's not one piece of data that says, hey, this seems to be all right. It's okay. Let's do it. Let's get it on. Yeah, surprise. No data says that, even for CBD, okay? And the risk with CBD, the fear with that is that who knows what the heck people are getting over the counter because it's not regulated. It could be high CBD. It could be an environmental contaminant. There could be a toxin in there. It could be a little bit of THC. It could be nothing. Um, Who knows? Again, that's the problem. It really is a wild, wild west out there with stuff, especially stuff you can get online. Um, and so my two, I have two disclosures here. One, I am super curious. I'm like, man, sometimes, you know, I feel a little achy. Maybe CBD would be a thing, but taken every day chronically, that's not good either. That's been linked to problems. Uh, and I definitely don't want anything messing up with my endocannabinoid system. Uh, I want my brain to work good. I already got enough issues as it is by myself. Uh, and the second, uh, admission, I guess, is, Look, we all do stupid things, right? I mean, no one's perfect. Uh, I'm the first one to say, look, in college, uh, my roommate had a little bit of the stuff. I I tried it. Uh, I don't know. I didn't really like it that much. I thought it smelled horrible. But I had to try it, right? I did. Uh, And I did it once or twice. And I was like, nah, okay, I'm done. I just never found that that real um, uh, attraction for it. I'm like, nah, I don't know. I feel kind of weird. 
Uh, and that was it. So I, I don't want to be all preachy like, oh, this is this is, you know, you're terrible for it. Not not at all. I'm not trying to make you make this sound like a, a judgy call on it. I'm just letting you know the data is, is there that is kind of harmful. But yes, I mean, I was curious. I tried a little bit of a cannabis sativa in college. Um, not like forever. All right. It, it wasn't a problem. I didn't blow my scholarship money on it. So relax. But I'm being honest, guys. Look, I, I just I want you to know who you're listening to. I, this is I'm a little ashamed of it, I guess. I told my kids um, about it because they asked. um, But I don't want them to do that because it's dangerous now. Who knows what the heck is out there? There's so much weird stuff and synthetic stuff out there that is potentially toxic and dangerous. Anyway, I just wanted to share that. All right, I'm only here with one other member of my team, and they're looking at me like uh, I've just confessed a murder. What, man? Give me a break. I mean, it's not, I, 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 this is why they hate when I go off script, okay? It is what it is. You can edit that out later if you want to. Let's keep going back on the data. <laughs> There's a separate publication from 2019 out of Scientific Reports, all right? This is a nature research journal. Now, this shows that a one-time exposure during early pregnancy to cannabinoids both synthetic and natural, one time, could cause growth issues in the developing embryo. Y'all get this? One time. Again, this is in the journal Scientific Reports, uh, and it's really interesting. So here's what they did. So this was, in fact, the first research to show a connection in mammals with a timed exposure, one time, uh, and continued adverse issue. Here specifically talking about uh, growth. Now, this was performed not in people. This was in mice. And before you walk away, like, brother, that's not people. Hold on now. We know very, very well that mice neurodevelopment, little fetal mice, they have actually are pretty darn accurate models of, of human development as well, all right, especially early on in gestation. So there's a great correlation uh, with what happens in mice and their exposure that you can control in a lab as to what would happen uh, in, 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 a, in a human, in, in a person, in a baby, okay? These authors wanted to see what happened to brain and facial development caused by a one-time exposure to CBD and THC, all right? So this one looked at both compounds from the cannabis plant. Uh, and they actually found that that one-time exposure actually did have some adverse effects in terms of neurodevelopment and overall growth of the child. Parnell and colleagues also found that when both of these compounds were added with alcohol exposure, then it was kind of synergistic and the odds of a birth defect actually doubled. So one is bad as it is, but adding that with alcohol during uh, early uh, embryological development increased the risks of these uh, neurodevelopmental uh, abnormalities and overall fetal growth. So hang on, because we're going to talk about fetal growth towards the end of the episode when we get to a more recent 2023 publication. These authors went on to show that these drugs may be causing defects by interacting on a basic cellular level and disrupting signaling between molecules and cells that control growth and development. All right, when we come back now, let's get to data from 2021, 2022, and we'll end with data from 2023. I like this study from 2021 because it focused just on CBD, not CBD and THC together. 
In a study published in the Journal of Clinical Epigenetics, researchers at the University of Minnesota used a separate rodent model to investigate the impact of CBD during development and uncovered effects on the brain and behavior. They found that CBD use during pregnancy affected mood and cognition in the offspring long after the exposure had happened. Now, does that make sense? Just like the previous publication from 2019, it was the exposure at a one-time interval, but then the effects were even seen way down the road. This study was the first to examine the effects of maternal CBD exposure during pregnancy on adult offspring in mammals. Remember, not in humans, but in a a rodent model that can parallel human development. All right, podcast family. Now, if you're thinking, ah, but that was probably like at a hundred times the CBD level that anybody else would use, right? Nuh-uh. That's not what they did. These researchers took typical human doses that can be found on over-the-counter CBD products. All right. So this is literally like going to whatever store you can get CBD at uh, and getting something off the shelf. That's what they use. So this isn't the typical lab. We studied CBD at a thousand times normal uh, and a rat was born with four eyeballs. That's not what we're talking about. This is typical dosages used over-the-counter. So that's a good warning system here that a good warning message that just one-time exposure, and this was CBD, not THC. So do y'all get this this message that we're trying to trend here? It's all cannabis products can be linked to adverse neurodevelopment. Ooh, that's scary stuff. Okay, that brings us to 2022 and some more eye-opening data out of Colorado. This publication was almost exactly one year ago in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism. And I say almost one year ago because it came out July the 7th, 2022. Expectant mothers in the study were recruited in Colorado through the Healthy Start program. This is actually a national program designed to improve health outcomes before, during, and after pregnancy. Of the 103 women who were tested during pregnancy, 15% were found to have detectable levels of various cannabinoids in their urine. Now, that includes THC and CBD. But levels of CBD were actually looked at specifically separate from the ones just from THC. All right, so that's good. That's what we're talking about here is what happened with those that had CBD in their system. Well, as one of the authors of the study stated, quote, what was interesting is that we measured this at mid-pregnancy. So these women very much knew that they were pregnant already, and they were past the first trimester where cannabis is often used for morning sickness, end quote. In other words, this is a willingness to use the product, probably because they consider it, as we mentioned in the intro, natural and totally benign, all right? But the researchers found that expectant mothers who tested positive for these substances tended to have babies of low birth weight. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute. There's cannabis, man. There's a bunch of other factors that go into that. That is true. It's hard to stratify to take out just the effect of these cannabinoids on the fetal weight because there are all these different varieties of, of things that are hard to control. I admit that. However, wait till we get to another study in 2023 that found the same thing. So if you're finding things repetitively, then it's either just a bunch of uh, confounding variables that aren't being controlled correctly, which is possible, or there really is something there. And since we know that this can affect fetal programming and signaling, 
through direct hits, as well as epigenetic changes. I mean, this makes sense. The science is there. But wait, there's more. At age five, the children in this study were also followed uh, and they were measured for their fat and lean body mass and their fasting glucose. And guess what they found? They actually found that those that had been exposed to marijuana, remember now they're at age five, had, quote, moderately higher, end quote, levels of fat on their bodies and weighed more than children who were not exposed to cannabis. And they also had higher blood sugar levels compared to those not exposed. So if you're thinking, what the heck does that have to do with anything? Well, yes, again, a lot of cofactors there. I get that. A lot of variables. However, the idea is that CBD and cannabinoids in general don't just affect the neuroendocrine system and brain development, but they could have metabolic programming for the children as well up to age five. Do y'all get that? So what happens in the womb is not like Vegas. It doesn't stay there. It shows up later on. I know I'm sounding like a big just party pooper, like I'm so anti-cannabis. Uh, and you know, and that's not what I'm saying at all. I think CBD outside of pregnancy, not in pregnancy, has great roles. I mean, I remember writing for Marinol, which is a controlled form of basically cannabis to, to increase uh, appetite in, in the our poor uh, cancer patients. And back in the day when there were AIDS patients, I, I was a resident when AIDS was a thing. Not just HIV, I'm talking about AIDS. Very few people have AIDS now because there's medications to prevent a person from spiraling down to that, to that uh, syndromic level. Um, but Marinol was a great stimulant. That's, that's a cannabis-based product. Um, so it, it definitely has a role. Let me be very clear. I, I think that pharmaceutical uh, grade and purified uh, and dose-appropriate CBD is legit. I, I think there's a place for that. But in pregnancy, this is dangerous, guys. And we don't give the baby the chance to have a word and uh, a say in this because they could be exposed to these hits that could affect development uh, not found until age five. All right, having said that, now let's finish this up with our latest data, which is out of the annual pregnancy meeting out of SMFM. And this was February 2023, and the author was Tori Metz, fantastic physician. So let's cover Tori Metz's data as we bring this to a close. Dr. Metz et al. presented their findings that suggested that using cannabis in the first 6 to 14 weeks of pregnancy was associated with poor pregnancy outcomes that were closely related to the function of the placenta. In other words, it's not just the fetus taking a hit, but the placenta also can have a little injury as well. These researchers analyzed urine samples collected during the Nulliparis Mothers-to-Be study. This was a large, diverse, multi-center cohort of pregnant individuals. Of the more than 10,000 participants, researchers included data from 9,257 pregnant women in their first trimester of pregnancy. After doing a drug screen for cannabis, researchers discovered that 540 tested positive for cannabis. That's about 6%. That means that they used it likely in the first 6 to 14 weeks of their pregnancy based on the time when the urine was collected. The study found that using cannabis early in pregnancy was associated with later adverse pregnancy outcomes like porophetal growth, stillbirth, and an increased risk of developing hypertensive disorders of pregnancy. Now, this is super important because just like the other study we talked about, it was generally believed before these studies came out that cannabis really didn't do anything harmful to the pregnancy. That does not seem to be the case. Even though it's hard to control for some confounding variables, 
the data is kind of repetitive and reproducible. And podcast family, now that we're at the end of the episode, here's the final clinical pearl. Remember that ACOG states that there is no medical approved indication for any cannabis products during pregnancy or lactation. That includes CBD. Past studies have also shown that the use of cannabis during pregnancy is associated to abnormal neurodevelopmental development, autism, newborn and later child hyperactivity, attention disorders, and other cognitive and behavioral issues in children. And the last point, remember that the FDA states, quote, we strongly advise against the use of cannabidiol, that's CBD, tetrahydrocannabidiol, or THC, and any form of cannabis during pregnancy or while breastfeeding, end quote. All right, podcast family, that brings us to a wrap. Wasn't that interesting? I just found this pretty fascinating. It's amazing how from ACOG's committee opinion of marijuana use in pregnancy and lactation now being corrected to cannabis use in pregnancy and lactation. It's just amazing how, how, how much we learn, right? So look, from 2018, really 2019 to 2023, these are pretty impressive studies. So as cannabis products become so widely available, I mean, CBD, I see signs for that in our college town. We got CBD. Meanwhile, I'm driving by that like, uh, I just want a cup of coffee. No, thanks. Uh, it's We got to know what patients are doing and what they may consider to be, quote, unquote, safe because things are natural. Remember, it's our job as healthcare providers, as nurses, as midwives, as PAs, MPs, physicians, is to educate patients. And right now, no approved indication for any cannabis product in pregnancy or lactation. All right, podcast family, we hope you found that interesting. We're glad that you're part of our podcast community and we'll see you on another episode of Clinical Pearls.